everyone. I'm Ari Meglin here with Rachel Poley and we're your hosts for the Mary Writer podcast. We are on episode 115 and this week's question is, do writers really need beta readers? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, please do give a like, write a review and share it with friends. Okay, let's start with the basics. What is a beta reader? These are people, professionally readers who enjoy your genre, who you will recruit to read your unpublished work. Their job is to catch errors, suggest improvements on areas of weakness, such as character development and pacing. They're there to spot plot holes and to give you overall a reader's perspective. So with that said, you may be wondering what the difference is between beta readers and critique partners. A critique partner will be another writer and will read and analyse your unpublished work with a writer's perspective and so will be able to offer more writer-specific insights. Whereas a beta reader is more often than not someone who is just a reader rather than a writer. Although obviously writers can be beta readers, it's just hard to stop the writer side coming through. What needs to happen is the writer needs to be wearing their reader hat. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it did in my head. It does make sense. And I will have a full disclaimer here and say that I have never had a beta reader for any of my work before. I've had plenty of critique partners because I used to be part of a local writers group. Um, but I have been a beta reader for a couple of people. And it's funny that you say that beta readers are usually just readers because the few people that I've beta read for, they've often given me a list of things to look out for. What did I like? What didn't I like? Uh, sometimes they'll they'll pick out a certain chapter and be like, does this make sense? If you find any plot holes, let me know. If you see any character development that doesn't make any sense, let me know. So usually when I've beta read for other people, I've always read through the work once and then I've gone back and I've taken a look at their notes. Because the first time I read through it, I will take notes just being like, haha, this is a funny line or I'll say this sentence doesn't make sense to me. And then I'll take a look at their notes and what they really want me to focus on. And then I'll go back and do it again and, and really focus on what they originally wanted me to focus on. So in a way, I guess for, for me, like every time I've been a beta reader, I've kind of done both. I've been both a reader and then I've switched to my writing hat, as you say, and I do it that way. And then I'm done. I like that about giving you guidelines. I think that's a big point i think if a writer is recruiting beta readers that is the best way of doing it it's picking your beta readers and then having some form of guidelines whether that is information that they want you to look out for as rachel said it could be a character development or it could be plot holes or anything like that or it can be questions i've seen writers who will send a set of questions to their beta readers and it's like does the tension increase as the novel goes on or was there enough suspense did you expect the ending which character did you feel most connected to and they can use those questions and as you go through it kind of makes you think a bit differently and especially because unless you've been doing beta reading a lot it can be quite daunting to be someone's beta reader especially the first time if this is the first time you've ever done beta reading i think it's helpful to have the writer give you guidance i'm kind of slipping into that talking about if you're a beta reader but it's still important. So yeah, whether you're a writer, I would definitely make sure you have some form of information and guideline to give your beta readers. And if you're a beta reader, there's nothing wrong with asking a writer. If they just say, here's my, my story, could you give me your thoughts? If you're a new beta reader, I would recommend reaching out to them and say, is there anything specific you want me to look at? 
Is it just general? Are there areas you're unsure about? Like, is there a couple of chapters that you you feel are a bit weak and I can read it in a certain way? You know, in the end, it's communication, isn't it? So anything you can communicate is better. You know, now that I think about it, I have had a beta reader, my sister, which I've never considered her to be a beta reader because she's my sister. So in some ways, I feel like not that she wouldn't be 100% honest with me because she also is a writer. So I know she would be completely honest with me. But but yeah, we've swapped novels before. We've swapped chapters before. And yeah, sometimes we give each other questions and sometimes we give each other guidelines and other times we don't. There was actually one point where we tried to meet up like once a month with each other. We would just set aside some time once a month and we each had a Google Doc, one of my story, one of her story. And we would go on the computer and we would look at it together, which I guess isn't really being a beta reader, but like she, we would go over the notes together after. So I guess we were kind of like combining beta reading and critique partner in a way. But I guess that's the closest that I've ever had to a beta reader. I've never actually reached out to people online to see if they would want to read beta read my story. I've only had about two because I am very, very bad at letting people read my stuff. And well, at least one of them was just a reader. They were not interested in writing. They were not a writer anyway. And there is a difference because I've done beta reading before. And it is really hard if you're a writer to put the reader hat on and not overanalyze. That is what a critique partner does. They go in for the minutiae. They're the ones that see the overarching things, the foreshadowing and you know, the more deeper things that writers are kind of aware of. They're the ones who can deconstruct the story. Readers don't read a story and deconstruct it most of the time, I assume. It's good to have at least one or two betas who are just readers and who aren't writers as well, because as I said, it can be difficult to sort of take that writer hat off. And you could be giving way more information than your writer who wants you to be a beta reader actually required. So <laughs> that's an important point. But it does help having just just readers as a beta reader. And you can tell the difference. The things that a reader will spot over a a writer is different. And going back to the actual topic of this episode is, do writers really need beta readers? Personally, if you come into me, yes. Yes is the answer. I also think you definitely need critique partners, but we're talking beta readers. One of the reasons is, a a beta reader will always give you invaluable insights into your story that you will miss. Because let's be honest, we are immersed in our stories. We can read them a thousand times and still go right over that same freaking error. We can forget that we changed our character's hair color from one chapter to another and not spot it. You know, we can forget that they started out on their journey at high noon and then it never got dark. For like chapter after chapter, they never went into the night. And it can be a bit weird. Another reason for having beta readers is as writers, we know all that extensive backstory and history and details of our characters. You know, those giant profiles that you create and those world books that you just stuff with information that maybe 10% gets in the novel. Well, all that lives in our heads. And the problem is, as writers, we assume that um, our readers will know this stuff. Not everything, but you kind of forget that you've been living with these stories for months or years and you know these characters and these worlds intimately. And you forget, because you know it, you might skip over something that you should have explained. A beta reader with their fresh eyes on your whip will catch those stumbles. They will be the ones going, 
I don't understand why they're doing this. And you could be going, well, obviously, it's that celebration. Don't you know that happens every autumn? Oh, shit, did I not mention that somewhere? So it's little things like that that you will blithely glide over that a beta reader will catch. And especially if they are a specific reader, that can really help. I agree with you. I think you you explain that very nicely. But I will play devil's advocate for a moment and say, when you say do writers really need beta readers, I'm going to say it depends. I don't think it hurts. So in a way, I do think that, you know, writers can benefit a lot from having a beta reader. But I'm going to say that... They may not be needed depending on where you are in your writing journey. I think if you're starting a new series or if it's your debut novel, having a beta reader or a group of beta readers definitely helps as you try to get your footing in the ground with your novel, with your career, with, you know, whatever you're trying to do with your writing. But I feel like if you have like 20 books under your belt or if you're knee deep in a series, do you think you really need a beta reader then? Good, good devil's advocate. Good devil's advocate. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I still say yes. Or actually, no, I'm, I'm going to be a bit flip floppy. If you don't have a beta reader, you at least need a critique partner. And this is coming from the side of the self-publishing author. So if you're self-publishing, a beta reader and or a critique partner will save you money or could save you money. Because as we've mentioned many, many, many times, if you're going to be self-published, you need to get a professional editor and they will charge a good one, will charge a lot. And that's fine because if you've got a good one, they are worth it. However, if you can obviously use a beta reader and critique partners to catch things that your editor would have caught and cost you more because of all the revisions, that is a benefit. However, Rachel is right. Obviously, depending on how many books you have under your belt, you may not need beta readers. I personally would still have them. I've read a lot of a lot of books where it's a full-time author, even a traditional published author, and they've still had like writing groups. And even after like many, many, many books, they still talk to their writing groups. They still talk to their critique partners and they still swap their stories and get some like support that way before it either goes to a traditional publisher or they self-publish. So I still think it has some benefit, even if you have a lot of books under your belt. I think the difference would be if you're, starting out and you're a new store a new author or um as rachel said you're starting a new series you would probably want a lot more beta readers to give you a broader thing whereas as you have more books under your belt you would probably only need maybe one or two so i was just curious to see what your answer would be because i do agree with you as i said i don't think like it definitely doesn't hurt to have beta readers and i do agree with you that doesn't matter how many books you have under your belt i you should have at least a couple of critique partners or one really good critique partner. But yeah, that's all I really have to say on it. Cause like I said, I've never worked with beta readers before. So I was just kind of curious to see your thoughts around it. When my book is eventually ready, hopefully inevitably, not eventually, when my book is ready, I do plan on getting a couple of beta readers, if not just to see how it goes and um, go through the process of it. And if it works out great, if not, then oh well, I'll go to critique partners or I'll figure something else out. I don't really know. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. You just said like, if it goes well, if you pick beta readers, it doesn't mean you have to stick with them. Just because somebody wants to be a beta reader, some, just because somebody likes your work, just because somebody, um, when you do a recruiting drive for beta readers, asks to be a beta reader, doesn't mean they have to be a beta reader and doesn't mean they should be. Not everyone makes a good beta reader 
and it's not an easy thing to know but some people just would they miss things or you know there have been uh, cases with especially with more popular authors they've managed to get beta readers from their fan base and it's just been kind of like all positive which that's lovely we all love a bit of positivity but that's not what a beta reader is for whenever i've done beta reading i love to put in um, comments that are positive when i see a, a section or a character that i love or something that's just happened it's like oh my god i never saw that coming or this character is the best or i love this line it's really strong because i think it should always be positive and negative but if all your if all your beta reader is doing is just praising how awesome this is then they're not really doing anything for you in your writing career they're just and I, I say this in, in, with all the love, they're just wasting your time because nobody's unpublished work is that great, seriously, unless it's literally been um, polished and polished and polished and polished and gone through a professional editor and then you've passed it to a beta reader, which is not the time to do it. Then maybe they can go on about how great it is. But if all they're doing is just praising it and not pointing out any fault, that's kind of not a useful person and there's nothing wrong with cutting them out and saying thank you for your time I appreciate everything you've done and then the next time you don't need to use them again you know you're not signing a contract saying yes you're going to beta read every single book I write you need to think about the people you are asking to be beta readers don't just accept everybody who wants to be a beta reader they need to have some form of use for your story they need to know your genre they need to have a bit of critical thinking things like that and and, and how they approach the book so yeah, there will be times when you actually have to analyse whether or not these people are useful to you and your story. And it might mean doing another beta reader recruitment drive, or it might be you end up going from however many you wanted to reducing it down to maybe the few that were really good and gave you solid advice. And on a final note, you don't need to take the advice. Beta readers, like critique partners, like editors, they tell you things, they give you their insights, they give you their ideas. But in the end, you are the author. And if you don't want that information, if you don't feel it work, you cannot take it. However, always analyze why you don't want to take it. Is it because you're one of those people that's like, you believe your novel is like the holy grail and it's perfect and someone's telling you there's errors and you're like, oh, of course there's no errors. It's perfect. Then that might be a whole other issue. <laughs> I get nothing else to say other than that I agree with you because having a group of beta readers isn't as easy as it sounds. It can be easy and it can be a delightful experience. But when you're first starting off, like recruiting people and you're getting the hang of it and you're building relationships with these beta readers, uh, it can be it can be tricky. So I think on the other hand, when we ask, do writers really need beta readers? You could also look at the question and be like, do writers really want to go through that process? Like, is it, is it worth it? Because it can be stressful. I'm not saying it's like a completely bad thing or anything, but it can be stressful. And you kind of wonder, is it worth it to go through that process when you're trying to edit your book and find an editor and find a book cover artist and figure out a, a publication date and do all of this and everything else in between? So I guess like all in all, what I'm trying to say is that like, I guess you kind of need to use your own judgment. This is one of those questions of the podcast that like, we can't really answer for you guys. You just kind of need to figure it out on your own. Heed our, heed our advice or our glorious advice that we're so smart about. I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit. I think from what I've seen from other writers who've had beta readers and the very, very limited amount I have is if you can reduce the amount of stress when recruiting and dealing with beta readers that is the best thing because rachel's right there's so much we're doing as writers as is adding extra stress is painful so what we mentioned 
having guidelines, considering what sort of thing you want your beta readers to be looking at and create a set of guidelines. It might get tweaked as each time you go through, you might find you want to add some other questions or you might want to put more things in that you didn't, you know, you weren't sure about. If you write a series, are you letting those beta readers know that it's a series and would they be willing to continue reading throughout the series? Because obviously if you write book one and then you write book two and you get new betas who haven't read book one, and you're trying to get book writers, uh, betas for book two, it's like they're going to miss information that's important in book two that was mentioned in book one. So, But then at the same time, not every beta is going to be interested in being a beta for like, you know, 13 books in a series. And also, when you're recruiting, think about how to streamline it. Have a form, have a contact. Don't just put a message on saying, hey, does anyone want a beta? It's like you're going to get either like nobody's going to see it or you're going to get flooded with random people where you, you can mention things out. You know, this is my genre. This is the blurb of my story. This is the age range or the what's it called? The target audience. That way, the people coming to ask hopefully will, will be, oh, I like that genre and I am in that target range and I've read the blurb and it really caught me. That can help narrow down people who just want a free book get their information and also make sure that they know the time frame because the last thing you want to do is get a beta and then you don't hear from them for like eight months <laughs> and you need all of them back so that you can then do the next set of edits. So you need to be really clear on what information you need to give them and what information they need to give you and have it on a form or a chart or just put it in a Facebook post, but something where you're very clear about what you need, what they need to do and let them ask any questions and get all the wrinkles out early. The more you do it, the more it'll probably streamline. But yeah, if you just blurt out, I'm looking for betas, it's going to be messy, you know? So we want process. That's what we want. We want systems and process to stop crap like that. And if you do that, I think you'll have a great use for betas and you might find some really good ones. I concur. <laughs> That's my contribution. <laughs> I love it when you say that. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up then. Let's turn it over to you guys. What are your thoughts on beta readers? Do you believe they are necessary? Have you had beta readers or have you been a beta reader? We'd love to chat about it. So put your answers in the comments below. If you want more of the Mary Writer podcast, be sure to follow us on Podbeam, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Mary Writer podcast for bonus content. It helps to keep our show going and we really do appreciate the support. In the meantime, tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of the Mary Writer podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Shiny Objects. We're easily distracted. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.